This episode of the Duck Gun Podcast proudly brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled, roto-molded dog crate, and a five-star crash test-rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty, and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are, like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630-pound sled, tossing it off a 200-foot cliff, and shooting it with a 12-gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner Kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Campus Waterfowl, and we discuss college, kids, and duck hunting, and what all they got going on there. But first, a quick word from our partners, and we'll jump right into the episode. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A-frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention, our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on htrinnovations.com. Hey guys, another great company that we have partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there. Um, But they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at the shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, You can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy at outlook.com. And did I mention, if you're not in the area, they also do shipping, so that's great. Be sure to check them out, guys. We'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes, and fully collapsible floater decoys. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable, and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls, which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's Game Calls for your next duck or goose call. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host, Elliot Freelance, from Freelance Duck Hunting. And our guest for tonight is Campus Waterfowl. How you doing tonight? Hey, pretty good. Awesome, awesome. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, but first, so first things first, let's go ahead and uh, all right. give people a little bit of background of who you are and what Campus Waterfowl is all about. Yeah, so uh, my name is Derek Christians. I guess I'm in Sioux Falls, South Dakota right now. I graduated uh, from South Dakota State with a degree in economics about a year and a half ago, I think. I don't know, it's been a little, just a little over a year, but um, 
but yeah, I graduated from SDSU. Now I'm just working in Sioux Falls as a real estate agent. So <laughs> nice. How long have you been a real estate agent? That has been going on for since this last summer, since August. So it's interesting. So how, how old are you? I'm 23. 23. How, how, what's that yep. like being a real estate agent? Are you, are you enjoying that? I, I personally really enjoy it. Um, I didn't think I'd get my my license this early on, but I sort of pulled the trigger early um, just because out of college, I did digital marketing full time for a year and it wasn't for me. And it, real estate's been something I've just been interested in. And um, I put my own time in, voluntarily put my own time into it. So um, it's a lot of fun right now with the season and everything is a little slower. But once this spring, summer catch it gets going again, it'll, things will pick up again. So. You're a mover and a shaker if you're a real estate. My mom was a real estate agent for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah you gotta be good with people oh yeah it's fun talking to people that yeah it's always it's always fun so but um i guess on the side through college i ran this page called uh campus waterfall i helped out and what campus waterfall is it's just a page dedicated to collegiate waterfall hunters so we are just a community and we share uh students students content that they send in to us so with a little bit of our own trickled in here and there so what what caused you guys to start? How did it get started? What was the yep. idea behind it? And yeah, so uh, Canvas Waterfall was actually started by uh, a guy named Jason Cruz. He worked with um, he did a lot of writing for like Mossberg and some other outdoor companies in the industry and um, back in uh, like through the two thousands and um, and that kind of stuff. And he sort of had this. He was sort of the pe person that recognized like. Um, these college students are being overlooked by these companies and um, he recognized that audience. So he wanted students to actually manage the page just because um, he was a little older guy and he didn't really know the college lifestyle at the time. And, and when he started this page, um, I, myself and Wesley uh, Littlefield, um, he, or he brought us on to sort of manage it and, and share the college lifestyle and share photos and that kind of stuff. So um, he was the one that actually started in 2014. Uh, Wes, Wesley, he was actually the first one to involved, gotten into it. And I think he was just following Jason's like Instagram or Twitter or something like that. And, and Jason had like an application. Um, and for myself, I saw that, uh, well, I got involved, I got in contact with Jason, um, just because I was asking him to promote a page that some friends and I started and he sort of reached out to me. Uh, telling me the truth about the outdoor industry, how uh, small it is and how hard it is and how much time it takes and, and all that stuff. And um, he sort of asked me if that's something I'm still interested in. And I, I obviously said yes, just because I, I just love duck hunting and just being outside and everything. And um, him and I just started talking about social media and how uh, people our age, how they use social media, what platforms they're on and that kind of stuff. And um, I was then featured in one of his uh, eBooks, but then after that, he asked me to be part of Campus Waterfall. So how, how much time do, does it take out of your schedule? Um, what's your workload with it? Yes, <laughs> so with, uh, so you know how Apple has that screen time, it tracks that now, it's like since this last, yeah. I don't know, fall or whatever. Uh -huh. And during December, I was on Instagram myself, two hours a day, wow. just Instagram, two hours a day. Um, just looking at analytics, um, looking at just how we can improve the page, how our reach is just all that kind of stuff and, uh, stories. And it's, it's a lot of work for one person. So that's why, 
Um, we have others, um, like my Wes and I are the, the owners of the page now, and we have some interns that help us out with it. So they get some experience learning social media marketing and they um, get some introductions into some companies if they wanna pursue a, a job into the outdoor industry. So we try to help them out with that. Yep. Has it grown slowly or is it taken off? What's the growth been like from the, you said you said it was started in 2014. Is that what you said? Yep. Yep. Started in the fall of 2014. And I think by a year and a half within, within two years, that's where, where it really like just skyrocket, like hockey stick sort of kind of model. You can look at it. Um, and then it sort of tapered off a little bit. And now with, the Instagram changing the algorithm this last year. Yeah. Yeah. This last fall early, uh, this last fall and how, um, our page was managed at that time. Um, it really cr crushed us, I feel like. So right now this, um, this spring and this summer and now into this year, um, we've been just trying to get ourselves back up there and showing up in the news feeds of other, of, the, of our followers that we had because this last year, um, I wasn't actually involved with the page. Um, the idea of the page was to um, have a rotating cycle of, of college students running the page. Um, that way it's fresh and you get new students and they learn and that kind of stuff. Um, so Wes and I, we graduate, so we were done. But then Jason, he had a change of career and he asked us if we wanted to um, run the page again. And so this beginning of the year, Wes and I uh, took it back over. So now that's why this hunting season, it's been a lot more active compared to this last year. I'm fairly um, versed in the YouTube algorithm, but I've got an Instagram page, but I'm not at all versed in that. Can you um, give some details about what you know about the algorithm? Yep. So um, if you guys, so I did digital marketing for a year and I've, it's, I, I really enjoy the strategy behind it. Not so the more the management. I hate management just because it takes a lot of time. Uh, strategy is a lot of fun um, with that. So, this last, when, the, when that all happened with Facebook and Instagram, uh, when they decided that algorithm changed, they changed it to more of a meaningful relationships. And what that means is Facebook and Instagram are trying to figure out what content you want to see. So whenever you like a picture, whenever you follow someone, that kind of content, that profile's kind of content is going to pull higher up in the newsfeed. Um, that's why when you follow someone, the, the next, the, if you go back to your newsfeed, that's the first picture you see that just because it's the most relevant at that time for you. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing that we tried to do uh, was just being present on Instagram was the most important thing. Um, um, the more you're, the more you're, you're on Instagram, the more obviously people are, will have the opportunity to engage with your with your content and that's the most important and keeping them engaged is the next thing. So um, it's just whenever someone engages with your page, the next time you post, it'll show up higher in the newsfeed okay. if they don't engage more with other profiles they follow. <laughs> so kind of like on Facebook where you have people on your friends list, but if you never interact with any of their content, you stop seeing their stuff. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to see it just because it's not relevant. It's not meaningful to you. Mm -hmm. So that those are the signals that that algorithm picks up on and, and that was one thing that I learned a lot doing digital marketing was you sort of figured out how like the code kind of all works and the things that were trackable at least and that were high points and low points compared to other things. So um, I went to a, 
Yep. Yeah, so one, one question I had about that kind of what what is your feeling about the algorithm change on Instagram compared to, you know, um, how it is now compared to how it was in the past? I feel I, I'm not a big fan of it. I like the most relevant content pulling up first. Uh, but then it just I don't know if Facebook and Instagram saw a uh, decrease in like user activity or, or something like that. Or maybe they changed things up and they they probably had a beta test of okay, let's have this amount of people try it the new algorithm way and then just keep the old people still doing the relevant content. And they probably got enough data to tell the tell that, all right, people are more engaged. They're staying on our app longer uh, if we're showing the most relevant content at uh, to them. So it doesn't matter for like uh, pages like, like you and I, like we have our Instagram pages. Facebook and Instagram, they care about... Um, how long the users are actually engaged with the app and how long their app, if they're engaging it with and all that kind of stuff. So, so what, what is, what is the basic mission statement for um, campus waterfowl? What yep. are you guys trying to do? So our goal is just to present collegiate waterfowl followers to the outdoor industry. Um, we try to be that voice of like, Two companies like, hey, this is a this is a marker, um, a demographic that should not be overlooked uh, in our industry, or especially like duck hunting and everything, just because it is more of a young person's way of hunting, and, and it's a good entry into uh, hunting in general. So um, we try to not convince, but highlight why these students should be. Um, focused on more so than a higher demographic and everything like that. And so then companies yeah. and people in the industry will come and try to market to that group that you've accumulated essentially. Yep. Yep. And then try um, just even in their own marketing, try to get them to like, instead of posting these kind of pictures of, I don't know, whatever of an older generation, um, try to highlight maybe some some younger students that do go out there and they kill just as many ducks as uh, other people. So, so with that kind of stereotype or image or however you want to say it um, of duck hunters in college not really having money, how can um, or what would you say to companies that want to market to them um, and why they should compared yeah. to you know targeting the older generation of hunters? Um, I a lot of it I think is just with credibility. Um, there's not a lot of recognizable like duck hunters or anything like that. They haven't had time to actually build a reputation in the industry quite yet. Um, so that's one thing that we've had to hurdle around, uh, hurdle over, I guess. Um, but I'd say even one thing that we like to, one way we set ourselves apart is just always being professional. Um, college students, they tend to get a bad rep for that college scene and that kind of stuff. So um, with our page, we, we want to keep it clean and we, um, we only share content that's clean and we try to um, get other students to see like, hey, we don't, companies don't want to see that college, that college scene. They want to see you as a professional out there hunting and everything like that. So um, we try to let people know about that as well. Um, I'd say for, um, I guess buying buying power as a college student, um, like going through college, obviously a lot of people don't have money, but I feel like a lot of people take or use that uh, that 
slogan or whatever you want to call it, like broke college students, they take it, they say it more fun, more for fun than, than they act or than what they actually mean. Um, just because I know a lot of students that they, that they'll say that, but they'll, they'll still go out and buy a new gun or something, or, or they'll get some, or like a Christmas present or something like that. So, um, I think that the buying power of a, of a, of a college student in, in a high schooler is definitely, um, it's not a hundred percent accurate. So just because in, at the end of the day, they don't have any money, but they'll still go out and spend money on like duck hunting gear and that kind of stuff. So, so let me give you an opinion of mine and then mm -hmm. I don't have any numbers or stats to back this up. And I want you to give me your honest opinion. And if you feel like I'm off base, yeah, feel free to let me know. Okay. So I have been under the impression that when I was in high school, waterfowl hunting was not the trendy kind of popular thing to do now as it is now. Mm -hmm. um, guys that have not been brought up and raised in hunting are more likely to go out and duck hunt than they are pheasant, quail, um, anything like that. So there's been, especially around the time of um, um, not duck commander, but duck dynasty, mm -hmm. there was a big push of younger younger group that got into the sport yep. and as a, as a result of that you have a an inflow of untrained hunters in their late teens to mid 20s that are going into it kind of blind mm -hmm. and are more likely to be what more seasoned hunters would call unethical just because they have not been trained shot yep. selection setting up too close to people all those types of all those types of things. So I, I feel like that that generation, that crowd, needs a heavy dose of training that they never got. Like you know, I grew up with my dad was hunting me ever since I was little, so he was mm -hmm. teaching me. So it's not that really it's these people's fault. You know, you can't just like the first time Jordan went out, he was asking people how far can I shoot. He didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, with the social media, we have a that that same group, and part of this is YouTube videos fault is just showing piles and showing stacks and and uh, so i feel like there's a huge need for training and re-education of it's not just about the piles it's not just about the stacks it's about ethics mm -hmm. and shot selection mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts on all that I, th I think like you sort of noted like the the duck dynasty and then even yeah the social media i feel like um are two places where um where people were able to get that first impression of duck hunting and everything. And then it was sort of like the cool thing to do and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's super easy compared to like white tail hunting and turkey hunting. Like you don't have to have land. Uh, you don't need a, a ton of land. You just got to find a lake and uh, put some, or yeah, throw some decoys out cattails or whatever. And you're good to go pretty much. And like the, having the availability to duck hunt is just a lot easier compared to other things. And, mm -hmm. and with that, I think, you were able to get a lot more hunters, but um, I'm trying to think how to structure this, but I think you're right where you, you're getting those people that are sort of taking advantage of, and they don't know what to, what's right and wrong. And, and I think they do need um, to be taught at least by someone that has gone before. Like um, if they were going out there to try it and that kind of stuff, like good for them for going out there, but, the second step is like, 
are you doing it right and yeah. ethically and everything like that? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. For if I were to advise anyone that I'd say they just have to find someone that, that has gone before and, and social media probably doesn't help out with that just because they see those amount of birds and they just want to go out there and do the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's what they would need to do is just slow down and find someone. And I would say looking through the photos on your Instagram page, Campus Waterfowl, mm -hmm. I certainly didn't get the feeling that they are all just massive piles. You no, guys have yeah. a good variety of artistically done, some some funny stuff, some, uh, you know, I, I didn't feel like it was just all piles, 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 mm -hmm. piles. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think that's more a uh, YouTube video problem than an Instagram. Oh, yeah. The when thumbnail. I look at my feed, there's, <laughs> yeah, thumbnails and titles. It's like 76 man limit, you know, and yeah. and, uh, and when people put those videos together, you don't see them missing. They, they mm -hmm. edit out the missing. The, it's all about the, so I honestly feel like YouTube's more to blame for that than, mm -hmm. um, I, feel, I feel like Instagram photos are really pretty diverse as far as what you see yeah. for the most yeah. part. And your guys definitely, I would say, Mm -hmm. is as well i was impressed by it thank you and yeah i would i would definitely agree with that just because with uh youtube like a, as a youtuber your goal is to get someone to click on your video and watch your video mm -hmm. and really the only way to do that and attract new people to click on your video is through that thumbnail that eye-catching yeah. uh thumbnail and the title and all that kind of stuff and where instagram it's just like all right you just post away and you can post whatever you want. You can do a bad post, but the next post might do a lot better. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally um, agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty cool what you guys got going on. Um, and I know you guys have done a lot of cool stuff, but what are some of the cooler opportunities that, um, you know, being a part of or running uh, campus waterfowl have uh, brought to you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, just the pure knowledge that I've, that I've gained through just, social media marketing, it, it was all self-taught and everything. So that um, I it was a huge benefit that I didn't really consider as an advantage right away. Um, being able to learn that has helped me in other ventures as well. So, um, and be able, being able to teach people social media marketing. Um, I, uh, the first, I think it was within the first two years, I got the opportunity to go down to Arkansas and hunt some timber, rice patties and uh, cat, I think it was a catfish pond we, we hunted over too. So um, that was something a little different for being a South Dakota, Minnesota boy. So um, what else? This last December, was it December? I think, yeah, December, I can't remember, November. I went down to Texas and Wesley and I met up with Red Eye Outfitters to, to uh, shoot some cranes. So that was a lot of fun. Um, other than that, just a lot of students that, that reach out to us. Um, that's a lot of fun. Just meeting new students where they're from, what they hunt, how the conditions are and all that kind of stuff. So, um, no, yeah, I could sort of just go on and on about the benefits of, of sort of do having like a page like this is so. Cool. I've never been able to hunt cranes. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so they, where in uh... South Dakota are you at? Are you close to, I've hunted on the Missouri River there on the Nebraska-South Dakota border. Have you ever mm -hmm. hunted that before? No, I have not. So uh, that's one hunt that I, I want to get down on to. It's uh, a cool place. <laughs> one of these years. So were you cool were you just east of like the – or west of the D Dakota Dunes and that kind of stuff? Um, we were just west of Lewis and Clark Lake. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I got – one. Of, there's a guy, Phil – Phil, like – 
I don't know how to pronounce his field, his last name. It's like Conky or yeah. Conk or something mm-hmm. like that. The photographer, yep. he's on social media yeah. and he uh-huh. hunts that all the time. So. Yeah, I'm aware of him. He, he's, mm-hmm. I've heard he's a really good guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He had guy. a podcast going for a while, but I, I don't know. It was doing yeah. a lot. I don't know if he's still doing it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I haven't seen, I don't know if he's posted one in a while, but um, yeah, it's, it's shooting time. Yeah, started that up this <laughs> last year. So. Yeah, it's, it was doing well. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, um, yeah, so I'm in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So that's in that same, I'm in the Southeast corner. Okay. Yeah. So being in South Dakota, that makes sense that you said duck hunting was easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of open areas, uh, a <laughs> lot, a lot of public land. So <laughs> awesome. So kind of changing mm-hmm. gears. Um, I guess let's talk a little bit about the waterfowling you do. Mm-hmm. So I guess can, kind of give us the lowdown on that. You know, what, what's your schedule look like? How much do you get out? Um, Let's just start from there. Well, it's so my uh, Jordan. I asked you this yesterday on, on our live stream. Like, what was one of your duck hunting resolutions or whatever for the new year? <laughs> and mine for the new year is just to get out more to, or uh, to go duck hunting more. So, just because this last year I did not have the opportunity to go out once. Oh my gosh! Yep. I yeah. I, I was just so busy with like the real estate and just working and not being at college anymore and not having like friends in the area. It's, it's very hard to actually go out there yourself. So with real estate, you may, I mean, aren't Saturdays and Sundays like the hot days to go for real, like real estate. Like, yeah, like you got yeah. open houses and that kind of stuff. And yeah, like you, you could work all week. So like I did 40 hours, uh, I had a 40 hour job before doing real estate and now I'm like working more than 40 hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, a lot of it, like this year I didn't get out once, but uh, when I was at SDSU, just a lot of hunting over water and um, a lot of people hunt cornfields and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. you guys have the prairie potholes in your region or. Yep. Yep. So the further North you get, you the further North you go, um, I guess in the North, west corner um there's just a ton of like you'll be driving and you look to the left there's water you look to the right there's water you go another milers left left there's water right there's water it's all over the place so is there birds um, all over the place as well (laughs) most most of the time yeah there's there's usually a couple dozen or dozen or so birds on each pond (laughs) they'll find their own little corner and they'll stick to that awesome I yeah. think prairie potholes are definitely on my uh, bucket list for duck hunting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities up here to go. With South Dakota, though, you got to have a, like, for non-residents, it's lottery, so you just got to be the lucky ones to get one of those. Mm. Are they pretty hard to get or pretty easy? I had a buddy who did it um, a couple years back, and he, he just signed up and got it, so I didn't know did how, how easy it is. Yeah, I know <clears> for <throat> there were some guys that were trying to get here, and there was a couple of them, and one got it and one didn't, so... Hmm. I guess I don't really know the. the oh, you can. I know guy. you can sign up as a group, so they probably did it wrong. Oh, you can. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna go, then your group hmm. gets in, and your group gets out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I and I'm I'm sure like outfitters get a certain amount of license as well if you were mm-hmm. to go with an outfitter. But I wish Kansas would do that because man, people are flocking to Kansas hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. Everyone, they sort luckily, of the- luckily, everyone pretty much goes to Cheyenne Bottom, so <laughs> I don't hunt <laughs> much. <laughs> Let them all go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but, what what all uh, what all species do you guys get in South Dakota? Do you get a good variety? 
Mm, yeah, I'd say we get just a little bit of everything. Like it'd be easier to say what we don't get. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know. Black ducks. We don't get black ducks. Canvas back. Too often. Canvas backs. We'll see here and there. Uh, there was one. I just re- every time I hear the word canvas back, there was one morning where I was sitting up alongside of just a little pond with my buddy and just this huge canvas back was flying across. I was like, I'm trying, I'm going for it. And I missed him three, three mm. and done. Oh man. So, <laughs> yeah. But you don't see those too often. Buffalo heads. We get a lot. There's get, get buffalo heads. Yeah. Get pintails. Pintails. Get a lot of those widgeons. Get widgeons. Yeah. I'm sure they get everything we get. I mean, yeah. I'm in Kansas. So I'm, you know, directly south, but yeah, <laughs> it seems like um, everyone like Nebraska and South Carolina or South Dakota that you guys do see more canvas back then. Like, I'll, I've been five years, I haven't even seen one in five years, but really watching like high prairie sportsmen and so I see them shooting canvas back. I'm like, well, I'm mm-hmm. right below you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you Where think they just go straight south? Yeah, they they may, wonder, they may funnel through the middle of the state too. Yeah, and I wonder if that like if they'll take that the Missouri then, and then if they'll take that all the way. Like, I'm trying to think. Where does Missouri go? Does it go eventually? Where does it meet up with the Mississippi? Um, um, I think I think in St. Louis, I believe. Okay, so I wonder if it eventually if they carry that out if they're more. Yeah, east. Birds certainly do fly down that. Um, yeah that river especially mm-hmm. snow geese but yeah birds like to travel right i'm right i'm i'm right on the missouri river like oh yeah five miles i'm as east as east can get in kansas gotcha. huh. <laughs> we just ended yeah. our our big duck season um and i haven't seen anything besides mallards and i mean we had some wood ducks early i'm trying to think mm-hmm. i don't think we shot anything besides mallards so it's mm. just like I, i'm always interested to you know, I know a lot of places, maybe not everyone else is, is as interested as I am in what species because I'm, like, all about the other ducks. I want to see some other ducks besides yeah, mallards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we got yeah. Jordan's first gadwall down here in Kansas a few weeks ago. He was really? Pretty happy yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I get tired of shooting those things sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we shot two of the prettiest gadwalls I've ever seen this year, mm. so I've got those in the freezer. But mm-hmm. it seems like gadwall and widgeon are hit and miss year to year. I'll go, you know, really? I don't shoot hardly any of those one year and the next year we'll shoot a bunch. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, we're at now is probably a good point to um, take a quick moment to hear a word about Lightsall. Uh, Lightsall is one of the products that me and Elliot um, big fans of. Uh, I guess the story I got about mine is I dropped it in the water um, on a hunt last week and didn't even realize that I dropped it at first and it was in the water. Um, so we turned off all our lights and sure enough, I could see something shining up from the bottom. Um, and I was able to take a stick and get it by the band and and pull it up there and throw it on shore. Um, and it was wet and cold, so I didn't put it back on for that hunt. And so, um, you know, I brought it back home and, and, uh, it, it was full of water. And so I let it dry out and the next day it works so that's just a uh, testament to how well built they are I'm, I'm not sure if that's how it's going to work every time but for that time for sure um that that light was still kicking um which i was pretty impressed by well yeah and i basically the exact same day i buried mine in the water for like three hours not knowing it was there 
<laughs> and mine wasn't working either. I'd given up on it. And Jordan texts me. He's like, oh, I, I dried out and I started back at my work. So I went over, went over to mine, which I thought was dead, put new batteries in it. And sure enough, it popped on and worked. I, I just wore it the last time. So <laughs> really impressed with that. Yeah. So uh, make sure you guys check that out. Um, promo code on that is duckhunt10 at lightsall.com, L-I-T-E-Z-A-L-L.com. And now let's uh, let's jump over to the lightning round. So lightning round, quick questions, quick answers. Um, Perfect. So we'll jump right into it. What kind of gun do you shoot? I shoot a, right now I'm shooting a Rite Mazimari, Mazimara. Oh, what is that? I've never even heard of that. Yeah, so uh, you haven't even seen those on social media yet? Huh. Uh, so the, they uh they're just new to the uh to the u.s sort of this this year and um i've been shooting one of those and um i personally really like them so um campus wirefall we actually work with them so um and the, the thing about these guns are it's they're designed for duck hunters so functionality of them the weight of them the just the, the whole design is just meant for duck hunting so you can um, beat them you can Yep. Drag them through the yep. mud and stomp on them. <laughs> yep, yep. So and and they're super easy to clean. I can take that thing apart in less than probably a minute. Um, the entire it's a thing. Semi-auto. Yep, semi-auto, three inch. Uh, I think it's a, I got a twenty-six inch barrel on it. So, um, and uh, the the best part about it, especially for college students, is the price point. Um, I think the base model, like the one I got, is just a synthetic black and retail. It's eight hundred seven nine seven ninety nine. So it's not bad. Um, yep. So I've been shooting that this last year. Um, but before that I was shooting, uh, uh, Oh, what is it? SX four. And what kind of ammo do you shoot? Whatever is cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> what kind Whatever of shot, goes ducks. What size shot do you use for ducks? Ooh, probably. I always go between like threes and fours, usually threes. And what kind of shot do you use for geese? bbs <laughs> all right uh for choke do you go um modified improved modified full what, what's your uh choice i go on i'm improved improved modified but i i want to get up there to that full no you don't no you don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no reason for it man you don't think so no what, what what's the reason for it well just higher density or it's just more con more more bbs hitting the bird than so, I'd, ra I'd rather miss than have a wounded bird. So, and chasing it and everything yeah, like that's that. A so. It's a common, it's a common explanation, but I, I think that uh, <laughs> it doesn't hold. I don't think mathematically it actually works that way. Yeah, I think El so. Elliot Not will fight you, you on you this look, all day. If you look at the, uh, <laughs> the manufacturers of chokes, and then you look at their charts, and where um, like a, a modified or improved modified is way more deadly at twenty hmm. than a full is. Hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah you're, yeah you're you're cutting back on those like you're actually taking a shot that you're supposed to take instead of just poking at one exactly yeah because then at that point you're shooting yeah you're shooting a lot further but then at that point it's more it's like a modified at 20 yards and then you're wounding the bird anyways yeah they did they did a study on geese they captured a bunch of them and they x-rayed them and 60 percent of geese that they looked at were these are live geese had steel in them wow that's Jeez. why when when people say you know let's take a poke, what they're doing is just sending away birds with steel in them. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, 
Hmm. And if you put in a full, you're a lot more likely to take those where if you know, like you stick with an improved modified, mm -hmm. you probably aren't going to shoot it because you don't have confidence in it. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's true. Full choke is just a false confidence to wound birds. <laughs> As you can tell, Elliot feels very strongly about this. <laughs> I feel very strongly about shot selection. Very strongly about shot. So selection. just uh, you know, not to get too far off subject from the um, lightning round, but Sorry. if you had the um, you know discipline to not take those shots but have a full, you know, would you have a problem with that? <laughs> Would I have a problem with it? Or yeah, well, I mean, because you have a problem with, you know, the... the well, if, the, you, if, you, if you limit your range to 35, 40 yards at the most, and you use a full versus a modified over the course of 10 years, you're going to collect more birds in the bag with a modified. That, that's what all the charts say, that the manufacturers of these chokes say, because they color code them, and, mm -hmm. and you're going to end See, up with more birds in I'd, your bag. What, who would I want to ask about this? We, we've talked about this many times, but I was... Have you ever seen, like, the competition um upland game hunt hunting where they do it with their dog and it's like based on like them shooting they have to if they miss a bird they get disqualified or they lose time and all that. it's like mm -hmm. time trial for mm -hmm. I, i'd be interested what type of choke they use because i mean they're the professionals on that and they almost well, never miss and if they do they get you know docked so that'd be a, a cool person to ask kind of what choke they use yeah well the professional I've, I've even like seen i've even seen where they've waited on shots so if the bird's too close, they'll wait. And like, you know, for me, I, you know, when I've done uh, hunting like that and I have a close shot, I just shoot right away because you get so excited. The bird flushes mm -hmm. right in front of you and you yeah. pull the trigger. But you see these guys and they'll stand there for like two seconds. I'm like, the bird's getting away and then pop and they don't <laughs> miss it, you know. So I'd be well, interested I, what they do. It's like optimal pattern is what they're looking for, right? I mm -hmm. suppose. Yeah. Well, I know like skeet <laughs> and professional trap and skeet shooters shoot as open as they get. They shoot a skeet load, which is super open. But yeah. You're only open. looking for a couple of BBs on that. Yeah. It's probably not a fair comparison, but no. So anyways, jumping back to the, the lightning round <laughs> face paint mm -hmm. or face mask, uh, face paint, beard or no beard, no beard. <laughs> <laughs> Baby food. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, ducks or geese on your preference? Ooh, duck or no, 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 geese, geese, geese. Oh, that's yeah. a, we haven't got very many geese. I yeah. think you're really, yeah. Most almost like I would say it's like 90% say ducks. Mm. Wow. I, yeah, there's just certain things about the geese where it's like it's things are a lot slowed, slowed down. You're actually, I feel like you're working the birds a lot more. So that's that's really what I like. Yeah, but I, I love duck hunting too. And what, what's your uh, um, preferred uh, terrain to hunt in uh for ducks flooded corn that would be and, and geese you don't get it all the time no not for geese but for for geese just a cornfield <laughs> i've never hunted flooded corn we actually have flooded corn in the area on, on public and we just haven't even hunted it once hmm. we got we got a uh, flooded corn my my sophomore year of opener and we shot can't remember how many guys we had out there we shot over 100 birds in a weekend i think oh there was my gosh. yeah it was insane like we, it was the same exact spot and they just dumped right back in there <laughs> that's so. awesome am i missing any elliot i don't think so i guess one uh one to add uh what's your your most memorable hunt um sounds like you just told it yeah, yeah, that flooded corn <laughs> definitely is up there. Uh, but the one I'll never forget is just shooting my first duck with my dad. So on, it was a youth day in Minnesota. So he brought me back into this little 
pond in the middle of a section and I thought we were never going to get there, but it was back. I didn't think there was a little pond back there, but there was, and we popped our heads up over a little mound and there's a Drake Woody sitting on the water. So a water pounded that thing and he went out and got it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. How old were you? Oh, I can't even remember it. Like I was, I don't know if I was, I don't remember. I was, I was, I was just, a, I was shooting a single shot, 20 gauge. So mm-hmm. I can't even awesome. remember like the age that my dad, my dad felt it was okay to shoot a gun because uh, <laughs> like my, my entire life, I just was always involved with uh, hanging out with my dad's friends around um, and my relatives, they would always come to our farm place and every weekend and we'd go hunting on the weekends. And I always was a part of that. And my dad tells me stories where, yeah, you have to change my diaper out in the field and everything. So, <laughs> so, um, it's just always been a part of my life. So I, I can't even tell you that when I start first started shooting a gun, <laughs> that'd be a, a new introduction to the blind bag. <laughs> yeah. Diapers. <laughs> Diaper bag. <laughs> That's cool. He had you out there that early. Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> All right. Uh, you got anything you want to add Elliot? I don't think so. It's uh, certainly been been an enjoyment having you on and hearing what you guys have going at Campus yeah. Waterfowl. Mm-hmm. Yep, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, go ahead and you know let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, you know, social media plugs, all that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so if you guys are, in, are interested, you guys can find us on Instagram. It's our primarily or our primary spot. We're on Facebook too, but it's just at Campus Waterfowl. Um, YouTube, we got that. Wes is he'll put up some product reviews and that kind of stuff. Our website is just www.campuswaterfowl.com so pretty much if you google campus waterfowl it will show up (laughs) awesome all right guys well thanks for joining us on another episode really appreciate you guys tuning in uh make sure to uh drop us a review over on itunes uh let us know what we're doing and what you enjoy about the podcast um make sure to check out our channels on youtube as well uh duck gun chronicles freelance duck hunting We're still putting out our hunts from the season, so don't miss out on that. Um, And we're about to go live again with our weekly hunt update shortly right after this. So anyways, I'm Jordan, Elliot, and thanks again uh, for coming on. And we'll see you guys next time. Perfect. Thank you, guys.